when it comes to money and you say, I don't have time, what you are really saying is that what you want money to do for you isn't really important enough to you. Chew on that for a minute. Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life where we take the time to explore the human side of money because success with money is never just about the numbers. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmons, and I'm really, really glad you've taken the time to join me today. Before we dive into the episode, I wanna take a minute to remind you of something. If you haven't already scheduled time to reflect, review, and plan for the new year, now would be a good time to do so. Be proactive about taking stock of where you were at the start of the year, where you are now. Take stock of the gap between those two points. And what do you want to do to address that gap next year? And oh, by the way, to claim what it is that you want next year. I did all of this with my clients. So this week I hosted an informal planning session exclusively for my clients, but you could do something similar with your family, friends, and perhaps colleagues, especially if the energy of a group experience is what will help you take the time to pause, to reflect, and to plan. My clarion call is this. Please don't let December 31st get here without you having taken the time to celebrate your wins and maybe also mourn the things that you lost or the the setbacks that you had or the things that just didn't come to fruition. But along with that, to plan and get clear about what 2023 needs from you in order to get from it what you want. You may want to rewind and hear that one again. But now on to today's show. Recently, I was on a panel as part of the Practicing Law Institute's 2022 Attorney Wellness event. And can I tell you, I had a blast, in part because I'm really enjoying being back in person again, but also because I really appreciated the opportunity and the platform to make a case for why financial well-being needs to be at the wellness table. Reflecting on the conference is the inspiration for today's episode, and it is revisiting a topic that I've talked about here before, but you know what? It always deserves our attention. And that topic, the sentiment found in the phrase, I don't have time. I hear this frequently when it comes to money and not just from high achieving attorneys. And perhaps it is not just something you too have said in the past. Maybe it is something you've said as recently as today. To my ear, I don't have time rings the same as I can't save. Both remind me of a common all or nothing attitude. Both remind me that folks are dismissing and diminishing the value of small when small can add up and be really, really significant. And every time I hear the statement, I don't have time, my first thought is, 
you're using that as an excuse and a rather convenient one at that. Thankfully, though, I do have enough grace and professional experience to never actually point that out in the moment because that would be like rubbing salt in a wound as the adage goes. Plus, no one wants to be reminded of the obvious when they are least open to hearing it. Instead, I take a more subtle and more helpful, I hope, approach. And that is by asking questions, questions that are designed to help the person and maybe even you as you listen, change their attitude about their time, their money, and the relationship between the two. Because the thing about money that you don't have time to do, well, that isn't going to fix itself. Uncertainty doesn't go away on its own. Frustration and stress don't dissipate on their own. Shifting from failing to meet certain goals to achieving them doesn't happen without effort. And challenges, well, they don't auto-magically get solved. Plus, what's difficult or unpleasant doesn't quickly become easy and agreeable. Money demands that you take charge and pay attention to it. I, I like to remind people of that and say, you know what? Money has a sense of humor because it's funny that way. And if you don't, you know, take charge and pay attention, well, you may not like the consequences too much. But really, this is all about the fact that time is not the issue. In fact, on Friday's panel, I shared how an associate at another event at which I spoke privately said to me, I work really long hours. When I come home and I have a free moment, I just want to have a glass of wine and binge Netflix. The last thing I want to do is think about my money. But you know what? She's not alone in how she feels. However, what people tend to overlook is this. When you say, I don't have time, 90% of the time, time isn't the real issue. Something else is going on. You might call me crazy, but I love diving into, well, what is that something else to discover what is really going on? And as with a lot of things regarding my work, it starts with questions. The purpose of questions I ask is to unmask what's really behind the tendency to not make time for money beyond, of course, earning it and paying bills. So even though I've talked about this in previous episodes, I thought I'd reshare the questions I would typically ask in this scenario. This way, the next time you catch yourself or someone you know saying, I don't have time to focus on my money, you can use them to dig deeper and uncover the real issue at hand. So one of my first follow-up questions, if someone says, I don't have time to you know, think about my money or focus on it or you know, plan or anything of that nature, one of my first follow-up questions is, what area or areas of money is causing you the most stress? And if something doesn't come to them, you know, off the top of their head, I'll just give them some options. Is it earning money? Is it saving it, spending it? Is it managing debt? Is it investing? Are you having some challenges when it comes to love and money? Or is it something else? 
And if I were having a conversation with you or with someone else in person or by phone or Zoom, whatever your answers to that question would is would trigger some tailored follow-up questions. But absent the ability to do that, here's another question. What is your biggest challenge when it comes to accomplishing your money goals? Here's the thing. Often the answer to the second question about challenges is connected to the answer to the first question about stress. And it is likely the culprit for all the things that you don't do, but need to do. So that may be really abstract. So let me share an example. Let's say you or someone you know says uh, that the issue is spending money and anxiety. What this means is that likely you or he or she or they doesn't know where your money is going. Or maybe it's the case that you overspend and not in the paycheck to paycheck kind of way, though that's possible at any income level. I'm speaking more in the compulsive, non-mindful kind of way. Another thing that can show up if someone says spending money and anxiety as, is the issue is it, it could mean that you're not paying attention to your cash flow or you know how your money is invested. It could also mean that you're not seeing the bigger picture to assess if you're making wise decisions. And that's because you can't even see a month ahead. Or maybe that thing that's convenient, you know, like having everything on auto pay has actually turned into an obstacle when it comes to making insight-driven decisions. So when you reflect on what I've just shared, what's your reaction? Did your body just tense up? Did you notice a change in your breathing pattern perhaps? Either because you could really relate to any or all of these or because you are experiencing the equivalent to the social mirroring effect of yawning. You know, if someone else yawns, you just automatically yawn. What was going on there for you? I'm bringing this all up because the reason I say time isn't the real issue is the same reason you constantly hear me say you don't manage money. It's all about choices. But the thing that people forget is having a choice is not the same as making a choice. And this is a distinction worth noting because the thing about making a choice is that it can be simultaneously frustrating and also liberating. And I just wanna you know, pause here for a moment and, and just put a little bit of a caveat or a disclaimer. And here's why. Do we all have seasons where our time is not really our own? Absolutely. It could be due to a pressing project or a client-oriented deadline or crushing responsibilities that are just all coming to a head at the same time that consume all of our energy and attention. It could be due to health challenges, you know, your own or that of a loved one. So I am not being insensitive to the realities of life in terms of how it can be like a time or feel like a time crunch at times. However, the point of today's episode is for all those other times when we say, I don't have time for this and none of those other really big, you know, 
existential scenarios are happening. But guess what? There's hope. There's hope for you and me and everyone who says on occasion or maybe often, I don't have time. And that hope starts with making a key choice. Choice one, prioritize yourself, the whole you, which also means your financial life. It's great that you pay your bills on time, but that task is only a piece, albeit an important one, of your financial puzzle. The next choice is this, change your attitude about time. You're not going to get more than the 24 hours you have each day. So it'd be more helpful not to wait until you have more time and instead create the time you need. That involves making two key choices, setting a limit of how much time you'll commit to focusing on your money. Maybe it's 15 minutes a week, 30 minutes every two weeks, 60 minutes a month, or another increment. Whatever that increment is, though, the second choice is scheduling that time limit on your calendar so that when it pops up that you need to do something, you really have to be intentional about whether you follow through or you reschedule it. But what makes these two quote unquote simple choices so powerful is that they can help you accomplish more in the time that you have on the task front. And on the money front, they help you to be more engaged and thus more mindful about what you are and are not doing with your money. Making the choice to make time for your money helps you to take charge so that you can be proactive and strategic as opposed to passive and tactical and hoping that things will just, you know, fix themselves. And here are four ways of how that plays out. While there is always a degree of uncertainty at work, because, you know, it's life, it diminishes somewhat because you have greater clarity about where you are. It brings where you want to be and where you want to go into sharper focus. And it helps you to face and embrace with, I would say, more confidence, the trade-offs that you need to make. So that's one benefit of making the choice to make time for your money and to take charge of it. Here's another, you'll have a better understanding of not just how your money stresses are manifesting, but what the real source is behind them. Here's another, with data and greater insight, you now know if you need to prioritize or reprioritize your goals and whether you need to adjust how you're saving and investing for them. By the way, goals are an incredible filter for making choices about both your time and your money. And finally, here's the fourth thing. Your toolkit now has more depth. You have more to pull from that can either help you get ahead of a challenge that you see on the horizon and or help you respond to one if you're in the midst of it and you're already facing it. Making the choice to make time for your money reminds me of the British adage, preparation prevents piss poor performance. It also reminds me of this. When it comes to money and you say, I don't have time, what you're really saying is that what you want money to do for you 
isn't really important enough to you right now. And if that's true, cool. But if it isn't, I'll let you fill in the blank on that. Well, that is it for today, folks. As always, thank you for listening all the way until the end. If today's episode sparked an aha or reflection, I'd love to hear more. I'd especially love to hear if you do indeed accept my invitation to coordinate an informal getting ready for the new year planning session. In other words, hint, hint. Um, But if you do so, please send me a DM on Instagram. And if you'd like to show appreciation for this podcast or perhaps this particular episode, please share it so that we can reach more people. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to leave a rating and a review. We do read them. And if you'd like to buy me a coffee, here's how you can do that. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Thank you once more for listening today. I'll be back next week. I hope you will too. Until then, remember, it's about more than money. 